I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helferty. Hi. This is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Good morning. Hello, everybody. It's a beautiful Thursday morning. And just as we all wrote it up last night in our predictions, which we released, I think, during the second period of the game, the Flyers won, which means we all get a point in our standings. No, that's not what happened. The Flyers went into Carolina. They walked away with a 3-1 win. We're told it's a rebuild. Last year, we're told it's an aggressive retool and that they think they're a playoff team, and then they, they puke all over themselves. This year, we're told it's, it's a retool and to be, or a rebuild and to be patient, and they go off and they pick up multiple wins on a West Coast swing that culminates with a win last night in Carolina. We have a lot to get into because I genuinely find myself so confused by what's happening here. And thank God I have two people to explain the sport of hockey to me. We'll start with the man who knows the most, Bundy, on Twitter, at Cetarian6. Bundy, how are you feeling after uh, a 3-1 win last night in Carolina? Pretty wild. We were, uh, we were dead wrong again on our picks. Somebody said this morning, though, that we don't, we don't never pick the Flyers. I just picked them three times on the West Coast in a row. Uh, maybe thought yep. they'd be a little bit sloppy coming off the – uh, that, that that trip to head to Carolina, who's, to me, the best team of those four on the road. Um, and the Flyers, you know, disassembled that team pretty quick. Again, when I look at this team, and I'll just put it in a nutshell before we really dig into it, but it's the start. They have to start good. And the other thing I'm finding is they have to dig in like not many teams can have to dig in to have success. And they've done that. I mean, listen, they've won three games in a row. I don't care how – they don't ask how, they ask how many. And the Flyers are doing a great job right now, um, having good starts, scoring opportune goals. Um, and as me and Anthony were just talking before we started, I mean, they have a power play that doesn't exist, and they're winning games. This is a team that – and as you said, Russ, before I hand it to Anthony right now, we didn't know what they were coming in, but they're grinding out wins – with very limited offense or zero offense on the one advantage you get in the sport of hockey with the man advantage, and they're just not executing. But they're winning games, getting good goaltending. Uh, Torts looks like a genius, um, you know, with the Morgan Frost and then, you know, taking a shot on Ryan Paling. I mean, there's three other teams that didn't move him up in the lineup one line after they kind of figured out who he was. So he's like, oh, let's give him a game on the third line. And what's he do? He goes out and scores. That's not probably a blueprint moving into the future, but on this team, it's okay to do that. They're earning their points right now. They are playing hard. They are playing determined, and they are playing for each other. And that is something that I love to see because I know it works at the end of the day. This team has been a pleasure to watch of late. 
but man, I don't know if people realize how difficult it is for this team to win and what goes into a game for the, that, that has to happen for this team to win. And they've done that. And, uh, well, good to see you boys this morning. And, uh, yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I, they surprised me a little bit last night. I, I kind of thought that you go out the West Coast, then you fly home, and you're home for what, like a day or two, and then you go right back out on the road again. I kind of thought that was the reason why I picked Carolina last yeah. night. Uh, yeah, it was really just kind of like a weirdness in the schedule. I didn't like. I didn't like how it was uh, for them. That's why I thought Carolina was the play. Yeah. Um, but give the Flyers a lot of credit. First of all, we, we might be burying the lead if we don't talk about how well Carter Hart played last night. I mean, it, the guy was really good in net, 31 saves, and, and several really big ones. He had a couple that he got – you get lucky. And I think Bush said it a couple times on the on the broadcast that, you know, hey, sometimes when you're good you, and you make your own luck, right, and, you, you, and you're, you're a goalie and you want to get – you know, you want to get that good luck. And he had a couple good luck saves, but he was really – really strong when they needed him to be because Carolina did did control the play for much of the game they they outchanced the Flyers overall so uh you know good work by him and secondly they blocked 30 shots in that game last night they're playing like That's they're in, in game seven of a conference final right yes. now they're, they're putting their bodies on the line blocking everything yeah. So, you know, to block 30 shots in a game and get good goaltending, you know, I guess even if you're getting out chance all the time, you can steal games that way. And that makes a difference for that team. And so, um, yeah, look, you know, we all got it wrong. We all picked Carolina. I, I just went back and checked just, just to, to, you know, for those people who think we don't pick the Flyers. So far this season, I've picked the Flyers six times. Russ has picked the Flyers six times. Bundy's picked the Flyers eight times. So it's we have picked the Flyers uh, to win games. Um, so it just it just so happened that we thought that last night was one that uh, was not going to go their way. And guess what? They did. They did. They they went their way. They played a great game. And like you like we said, Bundy, we'll we'll dive into it here. I'm sure Russ wants to get into stuff in specific, but. The power play has to figure something out because you can't play like this for 82 games. You just can't. Uh, they, they will. They will eventually wear down. They just as no matter the mind might tell them they want to keep playing this way and keep going this way, but the body's going to say something different. So, and I'll just add, add to that really quick about the power play. Just really quick, Russ, to what Anthony yeah. said. That's why there's jobs still for like um, D'Angelo or Ghost because. They're a power play type of defenseman, and that's why that's their lifeline. If if the game was five on five or penalty killing, they wouldn't have jobs in the league. But that's essentially the truth because, and that's where the value is in having a guy who can kind of manage the point a little bit. The Flyers don't have that natural fit for this group right now, and they're trying. They still are trying to be too sexy a, a lot. But man, that power play it is is abysmal as anything I've seen in a long, long time. Anthony asked me today, uh, if just we had two minutes, Russ, before you failed to, you know, you didn't want to join us. Um, but um, we had a nice conversation and uh, we were saying, Anthony said, what's the team? Oh, look, he pulled that off his little mug warmer. Um, what is the best part? Uh, you know, or buddy, what team has had a bad penalty or power play that has succeeded? And the only team I can go back to was a 2011 Boston Bruins. Uh, were just horrible, and they went on to win the Stanley Cup. So, 
there's your silver lining for power play struggles. And um, that's all I got right now on that. Let's dig into this really. I want to go to this really quick before we start diving in. This is very nice from Mike. Sent a super chat over. Found you guys when I was having a really rough go of things back in February. Just wanted to say thank you. Keep it up. Thanks, Mike. That's awesome, Mike. Very nice. Mike, if you find your way down to a game, make sure you come find us uh, at a home game. We're up top in the sports book. Go to section 121, take the elevator all the way up. Come shake hands, take a picture. Uh, Very nice of you. So hope you have a great day. Hope things turned around from February. So I think that's all we can ever hope for, right? One thing, you know, before we break these things down, like we always talk about, always happy to have like a nice, uh, to, to, I guess, be part of people's day, um, to be part of so many people's day, and that sometimes we help people get through tough times. They come to us for the hockey talk, and they enjoy it, and they enjoy the the entertainment that we try to bring. We rav, we uh, we raz each other quite a bit, and all that. So uh, a lot of fun. So um, I I did want to get into the effort. I want to get into the sustainability because I think that's like one thing that it's great to pick up a win like last night. And there there are people here who. I saw in the comments, they're like, well, Russ is going to be mad that they won a game. I, I don't care. Like, I'm not upset that they won a game. I think going on the road and winning in Carolina is like a very good morale boost. I think if you sprinkle those kind of wins throughout the season, I'll be thrilled. Like, I think that if you're trying to build the winning culture, beating good teams, if those are the wins that you're going to pick up that eventually are going to be kind of few and far between, that's a very good sign. And that's a sign of a team that's willing to rise to the occasion and rise to the moment. So I don't want to undersell that. Um, but, you know, you guys mentioned you, you put up all those block shots. Carter Hart plays out of his mind. They're absolutely killing themselves for one another. The effort has been off the charts on this trip. And we've also talked about the fact that this team has not fallen into the typical Flyers team of the last five years, that the going gets tough and they fold. They're, they're this far into the season now. Last year we said the first 20 games. That's, that's where you're going to be able to have the advantage of a torts system, of a torts camp, and then things can maybe start to level off. How sustainable is this? Like Bundy, as a former player, what they're doing right now, I cannot fathom, is replicable over 82 games. But how, how long can they ride this wave? How long can they play this way for one another before injury befalls them or, or, some, or the wheels fall off? You know what, Russ? I, I don't know. The way they're playing right now, I mean, I don't see teams out there that are just world beaters. There's a few good teams, but if you're not ready to play anybody that's ready to put the work in in this league, you're going to lose. Like if Vegas comes in here Saturday, I don't care that they won the Cup. If they come in here Saturday and they decide they're not going to work and the Flyers play like they did last night, the Flyers will win. So I don't get like too cranked up anymore over these teams. Like, I mean, Edmonton couldn't win for two weeks straight, and then they changed their coach – and now they've won three in a row. I mean, they've done it with a little smoke and mirror again. Like last night, they're down 3-1. They came back. But I don't I don't look at this league and go, oh, my God, there's 10 teams that can win the Cup and the Flyers are in the bottom 10. Flyers can win every night if the other team's not ready to play. But I go back to skill. Do I think that can happen in sustainability? Last night is probably the blueprint for this team to win. But they, you can't play like that every night. You're yeah, just not, and, and, you can't do it. Yeah, Bundy, and, and when you look at it, and and you know, this is going to sound. I'm going to be. We had a, there's a great win, and we're we're talking about the red flags, right? I mean, right, we're, right. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're pull up red flags. 
It's but a great win. Negatively, I, we're not we're not crapping Fucking on it. Like, negative, it, it, that's, Russ. Oh, here we go. I don't view this as being negative. I, I'm asking just a, a legitimate question here about sustainability. I, 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 drag this if, if into I, the mud. All right. Yeah. Like, like listen. If, if I came on here and I said Carter Hart's not that great, Carter Hart's having a fake season. If you look at these numbers, it would indicate the blah blah blah. I'm not doing that. Just asking. Like, energy wise, effort wise. Go ahead. Is Let's the almond ahead. milk in your coffee spoiled? Is that what oat it is? Milk. <laughs> oat milk. Oat milk. Oat milk. Oat milk. Yeah. Got to right. go with the oat milk. It's actually, it's soy milk, Anthony. <laughs> I don't like soy milk. I'm not a big fan. Soy. Not a fan. Uh, no, but what I was going to say to support Russ is that if you look, look, starting Saturday, like you, Bundy, you mentioned Vegas, okay? But then they have to play. And again, you're trying to play a game like they played last night. They had, they have five games in a week. They got to play Vegas. And then back to back. Now you go. You go. You got Columbus come in on a back to back. They're not a good team, but it is a back to back. And then three games: two with the Islanders, one with the Rangers, all within from one Saturday to the following Saturday. So I guess that's eight days, right? Yeah. Five games. Five games in eight days. Yeah. If you're playing like you played last night, you're just going to be exhausted by the end of that stretch. That's so. That's that's what I'm trying to say. That this is good. There's nothing wrong with it. Enjoy this. This is a yeah. the way they're playing is really enjoyable hockey to watch. But if it goes a little sideways over the course of of at some point in the season, that's okay because you can't you can't expect that level of intensity in a hockey game from a team night in night out in a regular season. Playoffs, yes, you want to have that. But come in November and December, I mean that's the time of year that these games just they don't usually have this kind of level of of commitment to what they're doing physically and i just don't i don't know if that's sustainable i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Can I ask you guys something really quick? And, and I think this pertains more to me and you than it does to Bundy. Okay. Is it okay if we selfishly would be okay with this team somehow making the playoffs? Just to cover a playoff run, we have never covered a successful team since we started the podcast oh, no, five and a half years the, ago. The there was the, the bubble playoff the, the that we COVID didn't get year. to cover because it was fake yeah. and because the the COVID. Yeah. Like, is there? Be honest. Is there a no, small I mean, part of you that just kind of misses playoff hockey? And you're like, part. I know that. I know that. Like, it's probably better for them to lose and get a high pick and all that. And like, you know, really jumpstart through. But is there part of you that just goes? Yeah, I'm 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 here for a playoff run. No, look, and I and I, I can tell you this as someone who covers base, you covered the Phillies the last two years, right? There is nothing better than your team making the playoffs and and having a chance to win a championship, like the team that you covered, a team that you write about. I mean, it's it's good. It's it's engaging with the fans. Fans get excited. There's good conversation about what's actually happening on the ice and the or uh, you know with the team. In my case, it was with the Phillies. It was what was going on on the field, and you have debates about it and everything. And that's what's fun about sports. Mm -hmm. The team being good is a good thing. Like there's never anything. No, don't ever let anyone tell you otherwise that 
we prefer that the media prefers the team that's to suck that because that is yeah. not true at all it there is nothing that that we hate more than a team that is irrelevant now we've had some things in the past five years with this team that that where they've been bad that have been worth discussing that had to to do with why they were failing and you know we we fed off of that and i think fans fed off of it too Mm -hmm. so yeah that can happen but you don't want it to i mean how didn't it get tiring after a while i mean you even said it yourself like i don't even want to get in the car and go down there like i mean that i mean you get that feeling too it's like i mean how long how many times you're going to bang your head against the wall you want the team to do well the team doing well is good for everybody it's good for us in the media. It's good for fans. It's good for the team, the organization. It's good for everybody if the team does well. Yeah, and look at last year, guys. Like right about now, I don't know the exact moment, but weren't we mired in the middle or the end of a 10-game losing streak? It was like bad. seriously, when you go back uh, yeah. a year, right, yeah. I think it was like brutal. We were saying like Torts never, never seen anything like that in his life. Like he lost right. 10 in a row, and he's a good coach. And I think that was his wake-up call, to be honest with you, a year ago. But to that point, Anthony, you're totally right. Like, yeah. there's not enough good things going on, you know, with this team the last few years. we It's been so much bullshit thrown at us that came, you know, from, from the top of the, of the food chain over there, uh, saying there was something here. But we knew there wasn't. And so this year, you're thinking there's not a lot going on. And it's nice to see kind of this script get flipped a little bit, right, where you have a team that's been exciting. They work hard. Do I think this can go all the way? No, but we did talk about through the years about, uh, you know, what a culture change can mean, you know, and, and how you can buy into what somebody's trying to preach. And to that, I give Torts credit. We talked about the Morgan Frost thing last week, Russ, when we, we you know, and and I said, like, the frustrating part when it, with the Morgan Frost is the coach is going to look like he's right, right? But at the same time, Morgan Frost looks like he gets to shove it up the coach's ass because he's saying, I, I did it. You know, I've come back and played well. To me, I don't think it would have mattered. But that's yeah. what goes through the course of a year when you're able to push buttons and get guys to buy in. And, and he's done that. So I give Torts a lot of credit for that. Um, I think it would have come around either way. But he looks like a genius when the player comes off the out of the press box and is showing up like Frost has. And I do believe that top line, they, they may have something there. It could be an interesting find. By the way, uh, me, Ant, before you dive yeah. into it, I want to answer this really quick from C-Mac. It's off topic, but we'll get back to the topic. We are working on, I think we have three or four new designs coming to the Snow the Goldie store. They should be up by Black Friday. So yeah. get excited. And yeah, you've, seen good, a, yeah. you've seen at least a couple of them that I think are, yeah, no, they're are, good. are rock they're solid. Good. So yeah, I think people good. are going to enjoy them. I hope. Um, and if not, the one that- if not, they won't buy them. But if they do, they <laughs> will. Right. Uh, the, one, the one I wanted to, uh, th- thing I wanted to throw at Bundy is, you know, I look. I still look at this blue line, right? And I sit there and say, okay, Sandheim's having a really nice year. Cam York's been not great. He's been just okay. But then you look down the lineup and you said they're doing this. You know, no Ristolainen playing. I mean, not that there was any expectation for Mark Stahl to be a, a stalwart back there, but he was supposed to be a veteran presence. He hasn't played, although I think he's going to play uh, Saturday night. Um, and you you've been rolling now with Don Walker playing really good hockey nick sealer being nick sealer um igor zamula who's been in uh, he's been mad but he's there and um and louis belpedio who's played some pretty good hockey like yep. these are your guys that are you're relying on and 
they're doing the job. And I can't I can't say with any certainty that I would have ever thought that this group would be able to put two good games together, let alone 14 out of 16, 13 out of 16, whatever they've I mean, they've been a pretty good defensive team on most nights. Like I I, I am just I'm that's where I'm flabbergasted by how well they've played defensively. There's a, there's a lot of players in this league, Anthony. Like, there really is. And and you know what? Like, and the level's evened out a little bit Go when you go right through the league. So, to me, you know, you say, oh, how can guys like that play? They can play because there's so many players in the league. It's not like they're so below stature now that, oh, they're going to get dominated. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're fine. Yeah. Elpidio's been an interesting find because what's cool with him you know, again, we never had him on our radar at all, right? But now if you look at this kid, like he looks like he's a guy who stayed determined. He's worked through things. He's played pretty well. Worst case with him, he might be able to flip him and get something for him. You know, like actually get a, a body back, you know, and then that allows you to move up a guy like Adderd or whoever else that you're, you're looking at. But, you know, the way it's going right now, I wouldn't change the lineup one little bit. Um I'm trying to read these as we go too. No, this is it's it's wild because you see the dichotomy of somebody saying that Mishkov and, and Gautier are going to fix the power play when they get here, and then you have like who is Mike Mal who says it's time to give up on the future of the team. They're on a leap. <laughs> Mishkov and Gautier are G and Jake 2.0. Farabee is simmer only even strength scoring instead of power play. Coots is Shen and Cates is Coots. So I think Mike doesn't believe in the direction of the team. Unless I'm reading that incorrectly, and Mike really loved the, I, 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 the I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction that I love predictions. That Matve Mishkov is a better goal scorer than multiple those several of those guys combined. Combined, he'll be a better goal scorer than those guys combined. Well, in fairness, be Giroux was not player. a Giroux wasn't meant to be a goal scorer. Voracek was, Check was not a goal scorer. No, Voracek yeah, was, was like a passive, a passive right. wing. Simmons so, wasn't so expected that's to why be. Shen. That's why, it's not as hot. There's no. As, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah but it's not a hot. I didn't say it was a hot take. That's true. It, it is what to me. It is what it is. I think he's going to be a completely different kind of player than anything that they've had in a long time. Really exciting to see it. And this is actually this is a good question by Hunter. Uh, at the deadline, are you moving Sean Walker with his current play, or does he get an extension in 16 games, two goals, five assists, a plus six? Let's kind of re- like restack the deck here of what the expectations were going into the season, right? And, Ant, correct me if I'm wrong. I want to make sure that I have these, these pairings correct. It was supposed to be Risto and Sanheim up top. They thought that Stahl would probably be with York, and they thought that Zamula would be with maybe Walker, but Walker that wasn't a or, sure or, thing, or, 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 or a sealer. Sealer, right? Yeah. So Walker was expected to be not a, not a throwaway, not not a guy that was worthless, third pair, like a, third a solid pair or the third pair, yeah. or, or the alternate guy. He to me has been the most impressive in terms of expectation to what he's provided so far. We thought that Mark Stahl was going to be the trade deadline guy. Let's go with Hunter's thought here. Walker's exceeding expectations has not been known as a top-end defenseman. Not saying that he has that potential. Do you sell high on him, hoping that like what he is right now is the best he's ever going to be, and you're going to get the best thing for him? 
Or do you say, yeah, there there might be something to this? I think you compared him last episode to being this, or it might have been Bunny, comparing him to this year's uh, Nick Sealer. It was me who said that, yeah. And, and I said that in the sense that it was, he gave you, he's giving us a version of, of hockey that you didn't expect from him. Mm-hmm. And, and Sealer, you didn't expect last year, played pretty well uh, in the role that he was in. And this year, Sean Walker is the guy who's playing in a role that you didn't expect him to be in. Uh, as a second pair guy and doing it well, which we didn't really anticipate. Um, I, I always temper trade deadline conversation in November about a way a player's playing because how they're playing right now is could be completely different than the way that they're playing at the end of February, right? So there's a, there's a lot of time between now and then. That said, I think you have to consider where the team is at that point. Mm-hmm. Because if you're if you're hanging around where they are now, right, towards the back end of the playoffs and you know the maybe just outside or whatever, and you're right there, I think it would it would be bad for the team to just say, Yeah, we're gonna pack it in and get rid of everybody and just tank out the last month of the season, month and yeah. a half of the season. That doesn't look good in the in the in the room. That's not to say you're going to trade assets to go get something to make you a better team to push into the playoffs. But you you basically say to the guys that are here, "Hey, listen, you got us here. You're in contention. Go for it. See what you can do, boys." I think that that I think that they would appreciate that, right? And instead of breaking it up, if you have fallen off the pace a little bit, you're you know six points out, eight points out of a playoff spot. Then yeah, then I look and and Sean Walker is still playing the way in February that he's playing right now. Absolutely, you you trade him. You don't look at it. You don't look at a guy that's been in the league as long as he has and say, oh well, maybe he can be part of this in the future. No, 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 no. You have guys coming, right? You have young defensemen that are coming in. Um, you get what you can. You get an asset for a Sean Walker. Thank you for your service. Appreciate it. Go try and win a Stanley Cup with another team. We'll get you somewhere, you know, it's going to be on a playoff team, and we'll take the second, third round pick, whatever team's willing to pay for you to come in here. Thank you very much. That's if the trade do. deadline were tomorrow, what do you think you would fetch? Would he get you like a third? Would he get uh, you a mid round pick? Could he get you a I, conditional I just, second? I, like, where do you, I, where do you, where do you I, well, I mean, look, I mean, you've, I've seen players go for more than they're worth in the yeah. past few years. I think yeah. teams get desperate at this, at the trade deadline. Um, and so you you end up saying, how did that guy get a first round pick, or how did that guy whatever? So yeah, do I think that Sean Walker can get you a, a second round pick the way he's playing right now? If the trade deadline was tomorrow, probably. But are you? Be, if you, I'd be stunned. But you uh, third round, I think is what he's probably worth. I can worth see it like third. being a third third. You meet certain whatever certain conditions, and it becomes yeah, like a late be. second. Like that would be could be that'd be okay. Yeah, could be right. But I'll but I'll say I'll say this too. If the trade deadline's tomorrow, you're in you're in the race, man. So you don't trade them away. So yeah. I mean, again, it depends on how you want to look at it. Like that's just the way it is. But he's been he's been a total Torts guy. He's mm-hmm. bought into this. He's bought into what Torts is selling. He's been a veteran who is is providing that veteran approach to playing the game. You know, he's he's a guy who knows that he's. He's a fr- more of a fringy type, but he's been around long enough to know that if he play- does what the coach wants him to do, he'll last. 
So it's yeah. it's a perseverance kind of thing, and it's it's allowed him to be a good player. You Can get I to that point. Your, like, you get to that point in your career at some point, right, Bundy? What's that, Anthony? You get Sorry, to that Reed. point. You, you get to that point in your career when you where you're a veteran who's you, you kind of know that you're a, a more of a fringe guy, and you say, "Well, I know that how to, I know how to play the game at this point in my career to to pr- prolong my career, right?" So you you do what they ask you to do and be that good teammate, good veteran. Present. Yeah, after after you know like where you're kind of at. Um, yeah, you know they'll 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 slide you in and uh, and they'll figure it out. But I was um, yeah, I was just thinking like you know what I I he's got to be worth something like in terms of what they're doing. That's why I said there's a couple guys like they have guys that are coming up right. So there's no like trying to there's no reclamation project with guys. I mean, there's the league is a numbers game now, and they're just trying to flip rosters. When someone they get the use out of you, uh, they're gonna flip it. I, a lot of those twelve year careers, you know, probably won't be as many as there once was. I just think because there's so many more young guys and to keep the way to keep salaries down is to just keep returning the league over again. You know, you'll still have your high end talents at the front that will get paid. But I really do feel it'll be a lot more flip uh, in terms of player personnel and the way that the whole league flips uh, getting getting younger every single year. So it'll be interesting. But, um, yeah, he's a guy that that that's what I like with Walker and Belpedio, just where they're at. They know exactly who they are as players and they know exactly what they bring to the table on a nightly basis. And that's a good thing. So here's a here's an interesting one from Larry the Alchemist. Does the defense get better when Risto returns? You, you think about it, where he was supposed to be slotted on that top pair. Whether or not he's a top pair defenseman on a good team, I think is a different argument. I would say no, but he would, in theory, slide into that top pair, likely with Sanheim. It shifts everybody down. It has that good positive cascading effect, but doesn't make the defense pair because right now the defense is kind of overperforming expectations. Does breaking up some of these pairs and shifting guys around does it make the defense better, or is this going to kind of lead them into a a relearning period? Yeah, a well, recalibration, think, if you will. So I think the first step is is Mark Stahl's, I think, going to play Saturday against Vegas. If not Saturday, he's going to play Sunday. But I think he's definitely getting into the at least one game this weekend, if not both. I think that probably bumps Zamula at the current moment. Um, not to say that Zamula is isn't long term better than Louis Belpedio. It's just Belpedio is playing a better brand of hockey right now than Zamula is. So I think Zamula goes out and and Stahl comes in. When Risto comes back, that's where it gets interesting to me because then it's then it's do you sit a veteran player like a Mark Stahl and he's in and out of your lineup or are you sending Belpedio back down to to the Phantoms at that point? I, and I think that's the question that you have to determine is who's playing a certain way um, th- to make that call. I, like if Louis Belpedio is still playing the way he's been playing, I, I don't see how you take him out of the lineup. Yeah, I agree. Right? I agree. So so that's to me, that's the, that's the thing that you really have to determine. Um, so I, I is know. he really going to, is he, you know what I'm, I'm thinking though, Ann? I mean, is he really going to put Stahl back in if he's ready? I, I wouldn't. I just leave the lineup as it is until they, well, I mean, he, he might, he might do that. Uh, but I think that the plan is, from what I was told, the plan was for Stahl to be back this weekend. And you're right. Maybe because they've won three in a row, maybe it could be a situation like they did with Frost. It's like, hey, listen, you got to understand things are going well. We don't want to change anything. Although he has made a couple of changes within those within those three-game 
winning, you know, within the three game winning streak, right? So more went out, came back in. Like they had, a, they've had a couple of lineup changes. So it's possible. And I don't think Zamula had that great of a game last night. Um, I think there were a couple of mistakes that he made. Actually, I think is it was his turnover that led to the one Carolina goal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, like, I think that there could be a change there. Um, and, and this is why, we, if you go back preseason, like, there was, you know, I was told that you know they were not real, real high on where Zamula is. It turned out that they needed him because. Emil Andre wasn't ready, and Risto wasn't going to be ready to start the season. So Zamula ended up being a guy that they needed. And he had a good camp and actually started the season pretty well. Um, but he's really kind of taken a step backwards since. And I think that the, they would like to get him back out of the lineup and, and get him working again and not have to worry about figuring his game out while playing at the NHL level, um, whether it's as the extra guy or, or, or what. But – Trying to get them through waivers. I don't know. You look at it though. They have they 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 have a pair of of yeah. uh, of of back to backs coming like up. Out. Hey Ross, shut up. We're talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, we're just talking about Bobby Brink again. He looks like he's falling. <laughs> Russ knows I'm kidding with him. Sucks. I can do with his now smile. Now we're going but... to the box. Bundy to the box. Ah! That's two minutes. Two yeah, minutes for yeah, descent. I'm just kidding. I, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I'm just bringing him back. I would. Bundy, I was ready to bring you back. I was ready to bring you. You know back. what? You can't do. You can't pull these bully. This bully pulpit in the modern day we live in today. But you That's know right. what? I was saying, Russ, you're a good kid. Just sit there for a minute. And be quiet. Let us handle it. Um, Thanks, Uncle Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Brink. He's in yeah. the Chateau Bow Wow right now. But again, you know, he, Tort said yesterday he felt like Chateau Bow Wow. The game's getting too big for him. A little bit too fast, and he needs some time in the box to sit out a little bit more. Yeah, no, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, it's it you know, it's nice to see that Torts is able to be an equal opportunity offender in this way. In this case, like, and Bobby, not that Bobby Brink didn't deserve to come out, he certainly did. But it's that he's he's the guy that's not getting back in right now because of how well the forwards are playing together. And it's like, hey, you know what? Morgan Frost had to sit for six straight games. If Bobby Brink has to sit for six straight games, well, that's okay too. That's okay. Yeah, you it's know. all about fairness, right? See yeah. That what what I was, I didn't can't have a show without you, buddy. That's we right. don't forget I that. I love you. Um, what I was trying to yeah. say here, because we're so bundly, I was so bundly interrupted. Was when you're thinking about the lineup and who's going to be in and out. They do have a pair of back to backs coming up over the next twelve days. They've got seven games in twelve, right? If I'm doing the math correctly, it's seven and twelve. So they've got Golden Knights on Saturday. And then the second half of that is welcoming Ivan Provorov back to town. And there have been questions in the comments. Does he get a video tribute? Uh, we'll have to talk about that in a little bit. But they've got that as the first back-to-back. And then it's Friday and Saturday of uh, next week. They've got the Rangers and the Islanders. They're home against the Rangers away at the Islanders. When you have those kind of back-to-backs, one, I would assume that it means we're going to likely see a change in goal at least once. Uh, in at least one of those back-to-backs. But you would also think that, like, all right, if, if you think that legitimately you have seven defensemen on the team that you can work into the lineup, that's about as good as time as any. It, I don't even think it matters if you've been winning consistently or if, if you're on a losing streak. You would just think that, like, there's a good chance. Like, that that seems like about as good a time as any for a coach to kind of mess with the lineup a little bit. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. No, I mean, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Ant. I mean, 
That, you I mean, you know, right? No, you're true. I, thanks, Tip. Video tribute. I mean, I, <laughs> geez. Here we go. Is Rob Rob Greeley was one. There was somebody earlier in the show, and I meant to like try to bookmark it for myself, and I couldn't. But uh, no, I don't. Video think tribute. Gets, I don't think he gets a video tribute at all. But I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, a player or two with the pride tape on the. On, I was going to say that. I was getting... So does Scott Lawton spear Ivan Provorov with a pride step, uh, pride tape? No, we can't, we can't use it. You can't use. No, the I was going to say during warmups. Does he just go over there? Yeah. Dude, does I he like go after him, I kind of like uh, fucking... like the priest with the cross at the vampire? Yeah. Like does he does he go up to Provy with the with the? <laughs> I'd wear a whole fucking pride outfit. Yeah, let just see and then wave it. And like try to hug, try to hug Provorov and get a picture, and then like just. Put that all over social media and like have Provorov freak out, you know. I did not. Crazy, I did not crazy, want. I did not want to be by right this there. rainbow. I don't want the leprechaun. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's not that Provorov doesn't like gay people. Maybe it's that Provorov doesn't like leprechauns and he's afraid of rainbows because he can't find the end of it and he spent his whole life looking for the pot of gold. How did the leprechaun get into this? So he doesn't. So he doesn't eat Lucky Charms. He's not a Lucky Charms breakfast. fan. Okay. Nope. All right. I shouldn't just say, by the way, I have to be inclusive here. I shouldn't just say gay people. LGBTQ. IA yes. plus. I think there's a two in there now, too. But anyway, I can't imagine there's going to be a video tribute. Yeah. Certainly cannot imagine that there's going to be one. Um, all right. Do we want to turn the page really quick and take a look at what's coming this weekend? Is that fair? Because we're, we're 36 yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. into this. Like, we've had... Have a very good conversation. By the I, way, love the amount of people that are here live with us across all platforms. Awesome. And especially love the amount of uh, people commenting in, especially on YouTube. But there are people on uh, Facebook as well. Like that's very cool. It's a I don't no, know. Maybe awesome. people are riding a, an emotional high because of the win. I, I it's know. great. And 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 at some point, I do want to bring up one non-hockey thing. Okay. I don't know if you when you want me to throw it in, but I want to. Well, go ahead. Do you want to go non-hockey and then we can preview? Like, you want to do that? Go ahead. All right. So this has nothing to do with hockey, but I think our I think our uh, listeners would would agree or uh, get be interested with this. So last night uh, I'm up late and I'm just sitting. I'm, I get an alert on my phone, and it comes from our local channel, uh, our local uh, ABC affiliate, Channel Six. Their app comes up. And, and, and I, I wanted to do this because it, it, it tied into, you know, us being, you know, we prognosticate, we pick the games, right? And we're not, and we're, we had some criticism for it and we got it wrong last night. And, you know, we're, we're roughly 50, Bundy and I are exactly 50% through 16 games. Russ is just slightly below 50%, you know, and, and we get, and we get crap from fans for this. Now I get this alert from channel six and there's a story that they're two local weather lead people for Channel 6, Cecily Tynan, Adam Joseph, they've written this story on the Channel 6 app prognosticating how much snow that we're going to get in the Philadelphia area this winter. Hmm. Okay, so I go and I read the story. And it's this nice long story, and it's talking about the difference between El Nino and El El Nino or whatever, La Nina or whatever it is, and and whatever. And then they write this paragraph. And I just want to read this one paragraph because they're explaining the differences between the two. Honestly, this gives us relatively low confidence in our snowfall forecast. Oh, boy. The majority of these totals would fall into two or three larger storms, which could make for a near-average winter. And it's saying that they, that they are either going to have – <laughs> trying to use history as a guide for the future, we looked at several other strong El Nino winters. Snowfall totals range from our snowiest, in, uh, snowiest winters to just a trace. 
So they're, they're basically saying, they wrote in this story, we don't trust our own predictions, which makes me wonder, how the hell do you get a job as a weather person whose total job it is to project the weather and say, we have zero confidence in our projections? <laughs> how do you do that? You know like, what I've learned? I, you know what I've learned about weather people? I'll, I'll tell you this. I learned this from weather people, believe it or not that the way that some of them view their job and like what the job is, isn't predicting the weather. It's that they view themselves as a conduit. They view themselves as a liaison, as a, as a soothsayer of sorts, as a, an interpreter of the models. And that their job is not to predict what the weather is. It's to explain to you, the layman, what the European model and what some of the other models are showing. And that they don't actually have... Their responsibility isn't to come up with the predictions. It's just to interpret for you what the models say. Yeah. That is what some other people say. Now, I love that idea, okay? I love the idea that you don't have to be responsible for any of it, all right? I think it's great. I think if I were a other person, I would absolutely fall on that one. Can God, I tell I another know. person story? Yeah, go ahead. So <laughs> I got way too many stories. I got to stop. So John Bolaris, so about, John Bolaris, about 20... I'm going to say around 2001, we're at a golf tournament at Little Mill, which is where I live out in Marlton, New Jersey. And it was, uh, it was something for the Phillies or one of those those celebrity tournaments. So, John, you know, this is back in my day. You know, I was had a few beers after a round of golf. Anyway, John had, Boleris is there, and he had way too many rounds after the, the game. And uh, you didn't so need he a round of golf to have that happen. No, no. So, anyway, he gets, you know, he gets pretty tuned up, and it's a Friday. And he ends up passing out at my house and he's on the couch in like the living room. And we stayed up late. There's a few guys over there. And my daughter, Isabella, who's now 25, was three years old. And I remember she was three. And we have the rail like that you look down like into the great room up top. And I remember it was like eight in the morning and I was up and, and Bolaris is like just passed right out on the couch. <laughs> my daughter looks down and goes, Daddy, why is the weatherman sleeping on our couch? <laughs> That's good stuff. Oh, that's so uh, I had to explain that, and uh, that was a tough one. But because uh, you know we put John on the weather, you know you'd see him on the news, and she knew right away at three years old that there he was. But um, that was that's my awesome. uh, my weatherman story, and uh, they, I, I wish I could be as bad at a job as they are and keep it. Um, it's a remarkable, remarkable find. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Andrew Fawcett said, I think what a lot of people are probably feeling is that this was going to be a story about Bundy dating a weather person. <laughs> yeah, no, Bundy, did you ever date a, a weather person? I, I never have. No, no. Okay. All right. How about you, Ant? She would have picked. She would have picked wrong, just like she did the weather. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I never, never did either. Never did that. Nor did I ever have a, a desire to be a weather person. And that's, I, you know, I, I that's another one of the things that drove me nuts about it is, is that, you know, the weather people used to be just entertaining weather people, right? You know, they would give you the forecast and, you know, and you watch, and, oh, and they would be like, they would laugh about the, the weather and stuff like that and kind of get, now this meteorological, they're all meteorologists, right? They're mm -hmm. not weather people anymore. They're meteorologists. And mm -hmm. they, they are, they are looking and studying these models and, they they explain them like it's like this un, unbelievable science that we all need to understand at what goes into their 
just freaking tell me what the weather's going to be and be close. You don't have to be 100% right. Right. Just be close. Just ballpark. Give us a fucking ballpark view. I want to know what I'm gonna what I got to put on when I wake up in the morning and I got to go outside. Just I what do I what do I do? I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Is it gonna be warm enough that I don't need one? Do I need to bring an umbrella with me? That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. I don't need all of this the spaghetti model and the and the European oh, yeah. model. And the, you have no idea. I don't and I'll need tell you all what, that there are, there, there are a couple of skooks in this chat this morning, <laughs> including C Mac. Yeah. Uh, and I think Matt. I think Matt Bennick is too. There are a few people from Schuylkill County and that area and like the Scranton area and everything who would get this. Joe Snedeker of uh, WNEP. When I was growing up, you think that like the way that they show like the squiggly people and like they do the little drawings. Joe Snedeker used to, and I'm sure he probably still does. I don't live there. I I can't do it anymore. I will look for it. I'll look for a video and, and like I'll show you guys next time. But, like, Snedeker used to take, like, the head of a celebrity and he'd put them on a stick person. And, like, as the storm was moving, it would look like, you know, he'd have, like, Oprah Winfrey walking across the country. Like, most ridiculous stuff. Fantastic. And as a kid, it made me almost want to be, like, a weatherman because I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I will say, if you took weather classes in college, like, they're, they're not necessarily the hardest thing, but you do learn a lot. I took a class at Westchester with Joby Hilliker, and it was the most fun. It's actually, this is a fun fun little factoid. Joby Hilliker, my professor at Westchester, happened to be the person who Kyle Scott rented a room from in Westchester when he was like starting up Crossing Broad. So we had like, there was like a little bit of a crossover there. Somehow it came up. But uh, anyway. Oh yeah, that's right. Matt's right. Eugene. Eugene is the stick guy that Joe Snedeker would have Walk across the country. I'll find. I, I'm sure there has to be a clip somewhere on YouTube. But uh, yeah, rides his bike. Oh, I think I th- saw. A third, we got third scoops member. everywhere. Third scoop member. Yep. 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 Right scoop. there. Hey, I was thinking so, the other day too. Guys, yeah. got a couple things too. I'd love to have a snow the goalie tailgate at some point this year. Like I'm talking, like it. bring grills, bring food. We'll bring burgers. Get it sponsored. But I'd love to have a giant snow the goalie tailgate in the parking lot before and if you'd like that let us know i have to roll in a minute i also want to throw a congrats to my daughter ava last night they play together how about how about about that game last night bundy yeah so ava is uh we are down it's a slow game alexa who's probably our best player hurt her ankle in the first she had to get it retaped and ava's a post-grad and is a kid that probably is the most Pulsated over playing, like getting in there and, and just being decisive with it. So she gets fouled. We have a double rebound situation. Alexa shoots it, gets after her own rebound, misses. Alexa goes up. No time left. Rebound misses. We're down a point. She goes to the free throw line. The one that you'd never want to see, just knowing her personality going to the line, makes both free throws. Loyola goes home with the win. Super, with awesome. no time left. With no time left in the second. So she had to make two. I was hoping she made the first because, you know, if you miss the first, then you got to wait for the second one. It's just the worst, right? So, anyway, kudos to you, kid. Uh, very proud of you. And it was a great night last night for me for, for, for sports viewing. Saw that and then uh, caught the Flyers game when I got back. So it was, uh, it was a great night and uh, I love it. But I was thinking about that the other day and I want to mention the, the tailgate. Uh, yeah. I, I think we, I'd love to have the biggest, baddest tailgate that you could find in that parking lot. And we will find a way to do that for you guys and uh, gals, because we love you and we like tailgates too. Oh, I, who doesn't love a good tailgate? Yeah. 
Gotta love a tailgate. I saw yep. the idea here from Bill on Facebook about um, tailgate at the outdoor game. I think that'd be a little bit hard, right? Because that's the one up yeah. in... Um, is that the one that's at MetLife? Right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if we'd be able to get that cleared. But like at Wells Fargo Center, we'll be able to get that cleared. 100% sure at Wells Fargo Center, yeah. We'll be, able, we'll be able to do it. I think... Yeah. I'm I'm assuming that we probably should do it when it gets a little bit warmer out, though. I mean, I would certainly be down to tailgate in the snow in December. Or I, January. I would. Yeah. December. Yeah. I gotta be snow in December. All right, fine. January, maybe <laughs> snow. I don't. Know. I guess. I guess let us know. Like, do you want us yeah. to wait till it's a little bit warmer and we have a better idea of where this team is? Do you want to? Do you want to go at this in the in the super cold? Maybe get some heaters out there. Little, little heater towers. Anyway, people seem down for it. So, does any restaurant want to sponsor it? I'll cook. We'll grill. Anyone want to pull it out? We want to crowdfunding. Yeah, We're going to figure out yeah. how to do this because I love tailgates and I love our fans. Because when we go down to that Wells Fargo Center, guys, it's always jamming. And I know there's tailgates. And if those people are snow the goalie listeners, fuck, let's have a snow the goalie. Let's have a big old party before one of these games. I would love to see who the farthest person uh, who attends the tailgate would be. LD Hockey says I might have to come in from South Mid Tennessee for that. There you that go. would be something. Like we, I, I don't know. Do we give a, an award? Like, what if one of the people who check in from Finland decide to get on a plane and come to the tailgate? Come what an insane thing! We, what if we, we get yeah. our our friends from out in California to fly out? Like, what a what a wild we get, thing! We anyway. give them. We get. We buy their tickets for the game. Yes, I think we we probably figure that out. Yeah, whoever the farthest one to come in is. Yeah, yeah, we'll get them their tickets. Yeah. That's I think we could probably favorite. figure it out. Like, do we do a section? Do we do we get the team to provide us a nice big area up in the sports book that we just have a raucous, nope. rowdy section up top? We do. Like, I want to grill. They do, those, they do those private yeah. parties up there. We could do the tailgate outside, and then we could do like the catered food that they do inside. Yeah, the in private the party. Inside. All right, we're gonna talk to the flyers. We have to figure this out. Has to happen. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I love this. Though. David's right. Mug warmer for the furthest person who travels. <laughs> so that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty great. The snow, the goalie mug warmer. Yes. That's really, really great <laughs> stuff. So um, there was something else I saw in the comments that I wanted to get to, but it's it's very far away now. So uh, I, I can't find it now. But uh, was there anything else you guys wanted to get to? I know Buddy said he's got he's to roll out. I got to roll um, up to your neck of the woods. All right. Well, good on you. All right. Uh, big thank you to everybody who checked in uh, to the show today. Somebody's at my doorbell. That's great. Um, all right. We will wrap up. We will be back later this weekend. Um, I I don't know if we'll do a Snow the Goalie before Saturday, but Saturday we have the game against the Golden Knights, and then Sunday game against Columbus. We plan on doing the Press Row show for both of those games, yep. so make sure you uh, you check out the show. You follow us. You subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash at snow the goalie. Uh, and you, I don't know if, if you want, you can subscribe to one of the podcasts that you see on the bottom of the screen. If you're on Spotify, leave us a five-star rating. If you're on Apple podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Uh, those really do help in a big way. And we'll read them on the show. Um, so for Ant on Twitter, at Ant San Philly, who's like getting lost in the darkness as the show is going on. <laughs> so I should have, I should have, block the sunlight coming for in bundy who you can find on twitter at cetarian6 i'm russ at joy on broad thanks for listening maybe even watching snow the goalie the only flyers podcast we will talk to all of you this saturday for the press row show make sure you come find us up in the sports book have a great day everybody